Alright creatures of the night, welcome to episode 109 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, the Lee Corso to my Kirk Herbstreet, or uh, perhaps, perhaps I should <laughs> so say, fast, my friend. <laughs> sorry, perhaps I should say David Pollock. Maybe you appreciate mm. that more. No dogs. <laughs> but uh, Travis White is here, and uh, either way, man, wh whoever you want to be, we're talking No Way <laughs> Out 2005 tonight. And Travis, if this were college game day, uh, I think I'd be asking you right now, whose mascot head you'd be putting on right now, Luther <laughs> Reigns or the Undertaker? <laughs> I want to go with the dead man from Death Valley and put on a big Undertaker head. This horseshoe guy's got no chance against the dead man. Can you imagine if Corso pulled out a horseshoe and put it on his head? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, uh, WWE's moving to Fox. Yeah, maybe they're going to have more of a real yeah. sports feel. Maybe they'll do a little pregame show on there. Maybe so. That would be hilarious if somebody <laughs> pulled out the head of who they thought was going to win the matches. That, that oh. could be the king. That could, or like the a king foam finger. Yeah. Could be the new Lee Corso for WWE. Yes. <laughs> oh, my word. The more we talk about it, the more I want that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. 85 year old king up there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, we are talking about that, of course. I'm making the joke because. The Undertaker was on College Game Day, <laughs> uh, unbelievably, this past weekend. The ESPN flagship and Travis and I, of course, were big college football fans. Uh, we talked about that a good bit. Uh, first, uh, first season of the podcast, first few episodes when we when we kicked the thing off, it was right in the heat of college football season. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we talked about it quite as much last year, but you know, I don't know, man. We could be on a head-on collision yet again. The Clemson Tigers and the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll, we'll see what happens here. Could be. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. So, Yeah, and we didn't get a chance to promote Taker's appearance on game day last week because they announced it like the day that our episode dropped, I think. So it was crazy. It came out of nowhere. It coming. And, and sorry, sorry for the dead man, but those uh, Texas Longhorns didn't look too hot on yeah. Saturday night, did they? No, they did not, so uh, I mean, it was good. That was a, that was probably the best game of the day, though. It was fun. So, but uh, yeah, they didn't they didn't big out the W. So sorry, Dead Man. We'll uh, we'll owe you, or we'll we'll take you out for recoup from that to some Schmidt's uh, family barbecue. So. <laughs> well, I know offer's you, still on table. You got a little extra satisfaction of seeing Texas go down after I did. <laughs> what happened with them in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it was fun for me. I was pulling for LSU that game. So, yeah. But definitely a cool appearance. Uh, we posted some videos of it on our Twitter, the dead man talking about his love for Texas football. And they yeah. they treated him like a big old star, had him come out with his full entrance and uh, smoke yeah. and pyro and all that. Again, just goes to show, I keep saying how big of a deal he is and the production they put in. Even ESPN put the production into it, you know. Like, I just, I mean, seriously, like, uh, he's just a, he's an icon, man. He's an icon. I mean, you saw people on Twitter that you aren't wrestling fans like oh man like the gong hit like they like, they recognize that sound you know from their childhood or their you know their grandchildren's you know growing up were like you people were all over twitter blowing up about the undertaker on on game day man just because it's such a rare appearance for him so it's pretty cool 
it was pretty cool, and they recognized it. Uh, although I'm not sure if Reese Davis did because he kept saying, <laughs> talking about the octagon with the Undertaker out there. I don't know what that was all about. Well, he's, he's he sees that he's probably listening to the show, and he knows that Taker's been changing up his game plan mm. his in ring career. He's listening. He's a big fan of talking Taker, Reese Davis. Is. Interesting theory. <laughs> Well, apparently, yeah, apparently, Sami Zayn might also be a big <laughs> fan of Talking Taker, too. Since we're talking about 2019 here, we can go ahead and mention Undertaker's appearance on SmackDown this yeah. week. Uh, kind of out of, well, not out of nowhere. He had advertised it for a little while that he would be at Madison Square Garden opening up SmackDown, the SmackDown icon himself. And who would have ever guessed that the man he would interact with this week would be Sami Zayn. Uh, and no, I didn't. Dropped a little uh, talking taker nugget on there as well. <laughs> he did, man. Yeah, Sami Zayn, uh, amidst his promo, said, I need you to do the right thing and get out of the ring. And I, I immediately texted you and was like, do the right thing. Like, he's been listening to the show. And so I'm wondering if uh, at Night of Champions or maybe Hell in a Cell, we're going to get a Concrete Crypt 2 match. <laughs> we're going to get Sami Zayn, Nakamura versus uh, Undertaker. Oh. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, who's he going to bury in the crypt? Um, probably Sami Zayn because you know Vince hates him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, Sami Zayn came out. He's in, a, he's in like a – a tag team with Nakamura is like a spokesman. He's hype man, but for no uh, no reason unrelated to that, he comes out to, to interact with Taker because Vince probably hates the guy. It's like <laughs> somebody's eating a choke slam tonight. We'll send you out there, Sammy. Like, get out there. A whole like locker room full of guys are going to send. We send a guy who's actually in the storyline on TV. So whatever. Well, maybe they'll put Lee Corso in the concrete crypt, and mm. that can be doing. He's the not right far thing, from it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, we know not all of you may be college football fans or know what the heck we're talking about here, so we'll get into the real deal, why we're here talking. We have to? Uh, we do, man. <laughs> we, we made a commitment over two years ago to cover every single Undertaker pay-per-view match one at a time, and somehow, some way, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, there's no Eddie Guerrero match, <laughs> but we do have a match with a legend of WCW Saturday Night, <laughs> the man formerly known as Horseshoe, the <laughs> man. <laughs> Just that sentence right there is enough. The man formerly known as Horseshoe, <laughs> the man who paved the way for his nephew Roman <laughs> Luther Reigns here. Travis, that is my theory, dude. We're joking about this. We're talking about how terrible this is, but I believe we're going to examine it here. This match with Luther Reigns and The Undertaker and this whole buildup, it's all this long-term plan to set in motion the match between Undertaker and Roman Reigns 12 years later to fight over the Reigns family legacy. There we're going to go. see it here. We're going to see the seeds planted right here on this episode. You're absolutely right. And uh, so he, no, Uncle Uncle <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Luther, Luther was a WCW Saturday Night Star, and his nephew, Roman, has man invented five WrestleMania's in a row. <laughs> the apple falls very far from the tree, I would say. Yeah, and so in the long game, the Reigns family wins here. Exactly. <laughs> Luther gets the last yeah. laugh. Jokes. Um, yeah, I guess he does. So <laughs> we're going to get a couple laughs out of this, hopefully. And hopefully you guys at home will as well. So as we uh, rev up our engines for the road to WrestleMania, then um, 
Speaking of that, hopefully you guys caught our little uh, trailer for this episode. You know, I was playing around with something this weekend, and I found uh, decided to make a movie trailer for this because we're on the road to WrestleMania, and we're heading up to WrestleMania 21. WrestleMania goes Hollywood, so uh, made a little made a little movie trailer for this episode itself because this episode, this match is just so epic. I mean, it's just like, you <laughs> yes. know, hot. And this, we're getting to the end of the summer here, heading into the fall. We're going to drop our last good movie of the, you know, of the season right now, and just thought we give you guys a little preview for the good stuff to come. So that's uh, this episode will probably be about as long as that trailer was. <laughs> well, we can. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you making that trailer, man. That was uh, incredible, very, very fun, and fits right in with the WrestleMania Goes Hollywood theme. Uh, we'll be talking about some of those trailers on next week's episode yes. of the show. But enough with the coming attractions, man. Grab your popcorn, get it ready. Uh, get your juju beans and let's uh, take the time traveling hearse back to 2005 and pick up where we last left off at the Royal Rumble, where we thought Undertaker buried uh, one of the worst guys he'd ever faced, Heidenreich, at that Rumble. But little did we know he would be <laughs> facing someone arguably much, much worse. Yeah, once again, not so fast, my friend. We may have. Uh, scrape the bottom of the barrel again. So, yeah, it's going to head on to SmackDown uh, February 3rd, uh, 2005. So, you know, almost a birthday SmackDown for you. So, yeah. Uh, and boy, did you get a doozy for a mm. pre-birthday match here. So we're going to get – actually, Raw and SmackDown are both taped on January 31st here. And so the actual um, – the entranceway is like a mixture of the Raw – Tron with the SmackDown like bubble entrance all together. It's kind of neat to see, but I remember watching. I was like, "This is weird." But then I, I remember like back in the day seeing it too, and 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 remember that it was taped, um, you know, the same night as Raw. So I can't remember why they did that, but I think they it's because they're about to hop right out of the country for next week's yeah. episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's why it was. So anyway, so this is kind of a unique, um, unique set there. But Ted Long comes out. Uh, after um, Cena addresses the controversy from the ending of the Royal Rumble, and uh, GM Teddy says there's going to be an eight-man number one contender tournament, and the winner's going to face the WWE champion at WrestleMania 21, which probably he should have just said, Cena, you were the last representative of SmackDown. You're going to face JBL. <laughs> <laughs> would have made things a lot easier. <laughs> but we would not have gotten this key matchup in the Undertaker story here we're going to cover right now. So, um, And he says that, Whoever wins the barbed wire cage match between JBL and Big Show is who the winner of this tournament is going to face. So he just drops that dime right there like, hey, JBL and Big Show are in a barbed wire cage. So, um, And he said, you know, if Batista decides to come over and, and face you guys, it could be one of you, you know, whoever wins the tournament, plus Batista, plus JBL or Big Show in a triple threat. And thank God we didn't get that that year. So I think everything played out the way it was supposed to. So, But uh, we see a graphic for the tournament. We got Mysterio and Angle. Mm. OJ. And John Cena. Yeah. Booker T and Eddie. There you go. WCW match. And then The Undertaker and Rene Dupree. (laughs) He should be cruising to the second round then. (laughs) Basically getting a bye. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, uh, excuse me. Um, Kurt Angle is getting talked to backstage by his protégés are Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak at this point. And uh, Luther tells him, you know, if you beat Rey Mysterio next week, you know, you'll face the winner of Rene Dupree and Undertaker. So Angle's like, well, I don't really like that. So he get, he takes Luther Reigns to the side, and they're going to talk some strategy about what's going on. So um, Rene Dupree comes out with Fifi for his tournament match against the Undertaker. And uh, he, Talk about a guy they tried to get over forever, <laughs> man. Yeah. 
over and over. And I mean, we freaking yeah. we saw this guy a year and a half later, like over uh, a year yeah. and a half later, still yeah. at December to dismember, and had a fun little run in with yeah, him. almost two years later. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and he'd been there for two years before this, man. And guess what? Never over at all. No, but he has a dog. Yeah, he, so. he does have a dog. <laughs> yeah. So nobody really has an animal anymore in this day and age. Nah. They should have more animals, you know? Yeah. As long as really they don't should. have pyro going off. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I didn't work in AEW, did it? So. Nah. I agree. <clears throat> but um, anyway, well, Taker makes his epic entrance and uh, commentary talk about how he has uh, – I just had to point this out, man. I hate to be like a, a grammar Nazi, but You don't I hate am. that. It's one of your favorite things to do. I hate to be one, but I am one. You know, I, I am what I am. I can't help that I am one. So, but they say that he has exercised the demon that is Heidenreich. The Undertaker simply amazing this past Sunday at the Royal Rumble, exercising the demon that is Heidenreich in the casket match. He took Exerc- him out for a like, walk. He like took him out like a walk. like Fifi the dog. He's exercising, and then like I just I wondered if he's like making this. Hide and write do DDP yoga or something because it's actually exorcised, like the exorcist. But I went back and listened to it about eight times in a row, and Cole's like, Yeah, he exercised hide and write. And I just, I got to call Cole out, man. That's what I do. I call him out on the Calvary, Calvary thing and exercise and whatever else stupid that he says. So it just really grinded my gears right from the get go. So, hey, man, we wouldn't have a show if we didn't call out Michael Cole. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Sort of stuff. And uh, that's true. Taz called out Michael Cole, too, because he's talking. He, he pointed out Rene Dupree's tights here. The yeah. Tights that say French tickler across the butt of him, mm-hmm. which is an interesting choice of tights for him. But uh, Taz was kind of wondering aloud on commentary, oh, Michael Cole, I wonder what your pants would say. And he goes through all these different nicknames and finally settles on pony pants for what <laughs> he thinks Michael Cole's tights would say. And he gets like a big laugh out of it. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't get that one. No, I don't get that one at all. I don't know what pony pants is. Maybe it's something <laughs> from Red Hook, some street, street slang we don't know about. So any of you listening out there, if you know what pony pants means, let us know. So. Yeah. Buckle up, frog legs. Exactly, uh, but um. Anyway, so the match happens. It it is. I'm not going to get into it. But Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak make the way to ringside, and um, Taker's kind of keeping an eye on them as he's going. You know, he's taking over Renee and hits a PTO, and after that, Jindrak puts Renee's foot on the ropes, and then commentary have now deduced that the winner of this match faces Angle and Ray. So perhaps Angle has sent his cronies out to assure that Taker loses, which. <sighs> Were they actually covered earlier in, yeah. in, in, on the TV show that I just covered a second ago. So basically shenanigans happen and Taker winds up goozling both of these henchmen and uh, they both put the boots to him when the ref's in the triangle – or excuse me, when the ref is distracted. And um, Taker locks on a triangle choke but has to break it when, when uh, Reigns gets up on the apron there. And uh, Jindrak winds up pulling Dupree out and they fight on the outside and – the ref counts to 10 before they can make it back in, and Luther Reigns holds Taker's leg. So he can't make it in by the 10 count. So it's double count out. Neither neither one of them advances. So, wow. Uh, um, yeah, a lot of overbook. I, Vince Russo's not there. And this is, I, that is a lot of overbooking this right there. So, Well, at least Taker did not lose to Rene Dupree. Right. I mean, You're right. Thank goodness You're for right. that. Well, and thank goodness for after the match because Taker's just like, I've had enough of this 
shins shiznit and he gets in there and just tombstones Dupree. <laughs> It's the crowd happy. Oh man! So, oh man! But um, if this were 2019, uh, they would have had a triple threat match because that's what they do in King of the Ring nowadays. They have triple threat matches. Oh, that's so. true. Man. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what so, a match that would have been! Thank God we didn't get Kurt Angle, Undertaker, and Renee <laughs> Dupree. Renee Dupree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is, oh. I mean, it's like having Ricochet, Samoa Joe, and Baron Corbin. I mean, oh, not, I'm not all much different. Corbin. <laughs> you would be. Ugh. He's going to be obnoxious king. I can't wait. I can't wait. Anyway. Well, that takes us to next week. uh, We mentioned it earlier. Yeah, God bless you. Um, (laughs) Smackdown, February 10th, 2005. Pretty famous episode here. This is Smackdown from Japan. Man, very, very cool vibe. Uh, This was kind of a period they were doing a lot of international Raws and Smackdowns, which they guess... They really want everything to be live nowadays, so I guess that's why they don't do it anymore. But I think it's cool. I always enjoyed seeing a new look and seeing a new crowd out there. And this is I wish they'd do a live one now. It'd be like two in the morning. Why not? <laughs> the crowd obviously. That's what this, the best part of the network, man. I remember getting up for I've that been, uh, Beast yeah, in the East Beast. a few oh, years ago. It was so fun, yeah. It was great. I loved it. But this is Probably most famous for having the segment Ooh. where JBL wrestles Godzilla <laughs> in the ring, which if you've never seen that, folks, uh, words cannot describe uh, that segment yeah. right there. And, uh, I'm even arrested development. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, it should be more famous, I think, for the promo that Luther yeah. Raids gives here in the middle of this episode of SmackDown. And I don't know why people don't remember it more. <laughs> I'll hang my hat on this promo being top five promos of SmackDown history. The top five we've ever covered on this show, probably. Yes. Now, if, if you'll go back with me to a couple months ago to okay. the Big Show Thanksgiving celebration. Which, in hindsight, I, I couldn't be happier that we covered on this show. Because <laughs> it, it ties right into this, man. I think that was that was the first time we learned about Luther Rain's hard knock life. True. We, we heard his <laughs> origins of his story. How he spent 23 and a half hours a day in prison. <laughs> how he was popped out of the womb in a jail cell in solitary confinement, <laughs> basically. and how, He's basically uh, Bane from Batman. <laughs> It's quite the origin story. Somewhere between Oliver Twist and Bane. (laughs) And we're going to get a little bit more of that here. It's what gives him motivation, man. He's getting getting a pep talk with his partner, Mark Zindrak, from their coach, Kurt Angle, because... They're going to get a tag team title shot against the Bashams tonight. If you talk about a match out of your nightmares, <laughs> Reigns and Jindrak against the Bashams. That's but, the bane uh, of tag team division Seriously, right there. man. <laughs> Luther Reigns says he's tired of seeing people bow down to The Undertaker. People like that goof Heidenreich. And, man, you know you're bad when you're getting goofed on by <laughs> Luther Reigns. So, sorry, oh, yeah. Heidenreich. Uh. And Reigns proceeds to talk about his hard knock life, man. He said, I had my throat cut from ear to ear. That's how he started out. He came in hot. Talking about his best. You can't start with a triple, man. You gotta start with a bunt and then go. He starts with. 
prison riot he's been locked down 23 hours a day seven days a week for five calendars travis <laughs> not five calendar years no. five calendars he emphasizes when he said that i lost it <laughs> five calendars that's how I they was... talk in the big house man exactly, exactly. look angle i've had my throat cut ear to ear i've had my Spoiled meat and peas. <laughs> Remember, he had peas before. Yeah. Only thing he had for clothes was paper bags. He lived in a van down by the river. Exactly. <laughs> he sure ain't scared of no dead man. Oh man, this guy. Oh, golly. If if this promo, the only way to make this promo good would have been to have had Dusty Rhodes saying it. It's like a reverse Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the only hope for that would have been for Dusty Rhodes have said it, and it would have been entertaining. But this is terrible. I mean, he sounds like a cartoon villain, and I mean, <laughs> like a literal cartoon. Like, and, it, and his voice goes perfect with it, man. I'm oh just, yeah. I'm picturing like a like an Ernest movie. Like he sounds like the bad guy in that that you would come up against, man. And he looks like it too. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest scared stupid. He's like the big evil guy in the tree. He's the bully <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, I can't take it seriously, but he's like, you know, he's like, he's like the bad guy in like Three Ninjas or yes, like Surf Ninjas. Exactly. That's exactly like a mid '90s, like you know, just straight <laughs> retro like bad guy villain so or like Jerry Trimble, extreme. man, led by the fist, something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. If anybody else knows Jerry Trimble out there. Golden Gloves uh, champion. That's right. Um, King Corbin. <laughs> but you're right. It's so over the top. I mean, you cannot yeah. take it seriously. But Kurt Angle, man, he loves it. He says that's the intensity he wants. And <laughs> that takes us to this very, very strange heel versus heel match for the tag team titles. Uh. And Man, Reigns and Jindrak come out to some awful, awful music that Reigns has, and it is only topped by how awful the Basham Brothers music Golly, is. yeah. Both these guys. Cool. Their their music was so bad. Like, I don't I know it was why a joke. it was that bad. I, me too. I thought it was an overdub, but it's not. It's, you go on YouTube, this is the actual music from the, back in the day. It's very, very bad. <laughs> Well, the only thing oh. worse than the music was the match, man. Like, <laughs> I think I fell asleep five different times during a five-minute match. <laughs> this, this sucked. Like, all these guys. Oh, yeah, it was not good. I used to think Mark yeah. Zendrak was, was pretty good, but, man, I think you I know missed what? the boat on that one. Well, you know what, dude? Out of all four of these guys, he's the one that still has a career. He's a huge star in, like, AAA, in CMLL or That's whatever. One of those two outrageous. down there. He's uh, Marco Corleone or whatever. He's like a TV star. He does telenovelas and stuff like that too down there. He's a big – he's a stud. You hear Conan talk about him on their podcast sometimes. So. Well, you don't see it in this match, man. Oh, negative. And you don't see it today <laughs> on in our lives either. you got to go down to Mexico and watch it. So No, thanks. 
Well, uh, <laughs> thankfully, though, the King of Gong style interrupts here. <laughs> And lights go out. Taker appears to a big reaction in Japan, which is kind of surprising. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. not a, more of a quiet crowd, but they react to Undertaker as he pops up behind Reigns and Jindrak. And uh, Luther Reigns shows his true colors, dude. Uh, he was just bluffing with that big, intense promo because he shoves Jindrak into Taker and runs away and leaves Mark Jindrak to eat the moves of doom as uh, Roman Reigns just kind of scowls on the outside. And Undertaker does a Luther throat Reigns. slash. No, excuse me? <laughs> Luther, man. What did I say? Roman. (laughs) They're intertwined, man. Intertwined. Uh, Uh, Undertaker does the throat slash, and then we hear thunder and lightning strike, and the lights flicker, and Taker's music plays. So that sends the fans home happy, but not as happy as the true main event of the night, which was Tori Wilson and Hiroko in a kimono match. Mm. Probably the first ever kimono match, too. So. Sadly, I think it was the last one. And this was when Kenzo Suzuki was like, all of a sudden became like a pervert. You know, he was, it was weird, man. And yeah, he was, yeah, that match happened. Kimono match. It did, Tor- yeah. Tori and Hiroko. Better than the Bashams and Reigns of Jindrak. Yeah, what's your favorite Hiroko match? That one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Without um, question. <laughs> well... Without question, that's going to take us to the go-home show for, for, for this paper. Here we go, folks. Here we are. <laughs> so the three-week build-up. So SmackDown, uh, February 17th, you know, a few days after Valentine's Day. And uh, we're going to have our old buddy come back, um, Nunzio. He's back on the show here. He's yeah. Gonna be the, yeah, sacrificial lamb for Luther Reigns, basically, to give Luther a big win. I guess. I mean, a squash win before the pay per view, which honestly, you know, as much as we're crapping on it, that is what you do Absolutely. to make your opponent look credible. Like it, it, that, that's booking one hundred and one. You know, you give him, you just feed him a, a cheap opponent, an easy guy to make him look strong going into it. Because everybody knows Horseshoe's not winning this match, but you want to make it look like it's at least moderately. He's moderately got you know a chance. So anyway, after the match, um, he and dude, uh, honestly. I'd rather see Undertaker versus Nunzio on pay-per-view. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. Give me another yeah. one of those matches. Those are entertaining because Nunzio's he's a character. He's got yes. charisma. I mean, he's a little guy, but he's got a larger-than-life you know, aura about him when he's in the ring, especially with a guy like Taker who he can just bounce around, you know, off I, of. I don't know what Nunzio's doing, but I'd love to see him come back as a manager right now. Oh, go yeah. I don't care who. I don't know who needs to talk about. Who needs a mouthpiece? But let Nunzio come back and do it. They should have sent him out there with Taker on SmackDown this week. <laughs> the Garden. Golly. Fine with me? <laughs> yeah. That would have been a blast from the past. So, well, anyway, um, it's – and, oh, by the way, um, it, fun fact for you. Anybody out there, I wonder if you knew what uh, Luther Reigns' finishing move was. Because if you didn't, he's going to hit it here against Nunzio. It's basically the roll of the dice, uh, which is, I think, the crossroads nowadays and – um, first guy I ever saw hit it was uh, Reno back Reno. in WCW, who was in the Natural Born Thrillers with Jindrak. So maybe Jindrak passed it on to his new tag partner. I who feel knows? like every generic dude had this finisher during this time period, mm-hmm. like 05 to 2010. I feel like it was Mark Jindrak's finisher. <laughs> like you yeah, could tell me that, and I would believe yeah. that. It's been so yeah. many guys' finisher, and I that move sucks. I ne- I've, I've never been a big I've never fan liked of it. it. No. I mean, the first guy I ever saw do was Reno, and I thought it was cool then. But after that, I was like, "It's really moves kind of sucks." But anyway, back to this. Luther Reigns. He um 
he dedicates this match to Taker. He just won. You know, of course, he's got Jindrak with him, and he says he's not scared of the dead man. He says, you don't intimidate me, and the only reason you ran this yard so long was intimidation factor. And he says, you know, um, he's, he asks what Taker can do to intimidate him and says it's his yard now, and he dares Taker to come and take it back. So, like you said, planting the seeds for the, the yard and the big dog and all that stuff right here <laughs> 12 years earlier. Absolutely, you know? <laughs> man. He says, he says the words... So what I'm telling you, dead man, this is my yard now. You want it back? You come take it back. The first yep. Reigns family member to tell The Undertaker, this is my yard now, was Luther Reigns. <laughs> paving the way. I'm telling you, dude, this whole storyline is just the foundation for WrestleMania 33. That's all this yeah. is. It's a prelude to it. My mind was go. blown watching this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he um, he says, you want it back? Come take it back. So, calling him out. So, it's incredible, man. Like, it, you know, it's obviously not the long game, but it is fun to think about it being the long game. I love it. And it's 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 funny how much this does parallel, the, you know, the last name with Roman and stuff. So, I, I do love it, man. It was fun to go back and visit. Because, again... I don't think I'd ever. I don't remember seeing this stuff. I mean, I've seen, I know no. <laughs> I know I'd seen the SmackDown from Japan, you know, but I don't remember the Luther rant. I probably just fell asleep during all his stuff because I knew Taker was going to win. So, but anyway, the gong hits, the lights go out, and uh, maybe it's a commercial break. We don't really know because something weird happens there. It just kind of goes off and comes back on, and we come back in Taker's entrance, and he's coming down for a singles match apparently against Mark Jindrak. So, um, I guess. Reigns and Jindrak having back-to-back matches here. So before the bell, though, Taker's going to kick uh, old Reigns off the apron, which I love. He's just like, shut up. See you. Chump stain. So, yeah. But um, he starts throwing hands with Jindrak and intimidates the ref and does the old flip out of the ring like Kane does and <clears throat> beats down Reigns on the outside. And then Jindrak actually ends up taking over with some Dose power plant offense, basically. <laughs> just, you know green stuff and um he does get the upper hand but then taker is going to choke slam him and choke slam ginger in the middle of the ring and as he does that luther reigns grabs a camera from the cameraman on the outside and he thinks he's he in, a prison in the brawl, ring man. with the camera he's just at, going for whatever he can grab he must yeah exactly right cuts my cuts my from ear to ear of the camera so but um as as he's doing that taker's getting ginger in the tombstone and he hits it and he goes for the pin, and rather than hitting Taker with the camera to break up the pinfall and cause a DQ so that his tag team partner doesn't have a loss, you know, in the, in the or doesn't have one in the in the, the L column, he waits for the pinfall. One, two, three. <laughs> Taker wins. Then he hits him with the camera in the back. So he just stands there like a moron, holding the camera he, up over his li- head as the yes, ref counts to three. Literally over his head as the ref's hand goes down for two and three, and then he hits Taker. And I don't know if certainly that wasn't supposed to happen. I mean, certainly it was not, but they never went back and reshot it, you know, I guess. So, anyway, um, that happens, and um, yeah, um, it I don't know. Taker's kind (laughs) of laying there and selling it, and he, um, Luther Reigns goes out and makes, you know, generic heel faces 101, just mean, mean mugging, and Taker sits up and does the old quick head turn, and uh, which he's uh, so iconic for. And you know he eyes down Luther Reigns, and that's our big build for the match at No Way Out. So there we go. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, unbelievable, man. Unbelievable that this counts in The Undertaker's legacy and his history. Yeah. I'm hatching yeah. this, this guy. Like, who the heck is this guy? Where did he come from? Uh, well, that's what we're here for. That's what we do on Talking Taker. Like, I, I feel like, you know, obviously fans listening to this, they're, they're, they're people that know the history of wrestling, that, that know about this. But there's got to be some people like, who the heck is Luther Reigns? Where the heck did this right. guy come from? I don't remember this guy at all. Uh, my brother-in-law has been staying with us here, and he's a lot, was watching some of these episodes of SmackDown with me. And he's a wrestling fan, but and Luther Reigns came on the TV. He's like, I have, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> so as we've mentioned on here many times, uh, and, and we do our research here, Travis, so, so I'm pulling uh, pulling some stuff up on Luther Reigns on, from Wikipedia right here to, to give you some of the facts here. Uh, his name, Matthew Weiss, or, or Weiss, or something like that. He's uh, born in 1971, 47 years old. And, of course, he did get his start back at the power plant, man, as you just mentioned. WCW, their uh, training facility back before NXT. They had the power plant there and the back before the Performance Center. And he went by the name of, as we have said on here many times, Horseshoe. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. And... How was that spelled, Travis? H-O-R-S-H-U. And why was that his name? Well, he had his hair (laughs) shaved into the shape of a horseshoe. I'm sure he's having baldness in the back, and so he just (laughs) shaved his head into a horseshoe. How clever. Yeah, and he went by horseshoe. And I I mean, I literally remember this guy on WCW Saturday Night. Me too. I'll tell you what, as big a fan as I was of Raw and Nitro and SmackDown and Thunder, I... Rarely ever miss an episode of WWE Saturday Night. That is true. I, would, I can vouch I would, for that. I would tape it. I loved it. It was just, it's just fun because I don't know. Just got to see all these guys like Horseshoe and fake ripoffs of Road Dog and stuff like that. <laughs> just guys, just B-list. Brad Armstrong was a stalwart on Saturday Night. I love Brad Armstrong. So your yeah. boy, the Renegade. Love the Renegade. Yeah, loved it. See, I'm saying ripoffs and stuff. It's great, man. So good stuff. So yeah, I remember seeing this guy on there, and uh, not a fan though. <laughs> I watched a few of his WCW squashes uh, this this week while I was getting ready for this, and by squashes I mean him getting squashed. Yeah, <laughs> I pulled up one was him against Jim Powers from oh, 1997, yeah. if you remember that name, and <laughs> Jim Powers was a job guy. But right. this was Jim Powers squashing horseshoe. Right. Like that's right. what level horseshoe was on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting squashed by Jim Powers, and you can tell how unimportant this match was because this, I think this match was six minutes long, and the announcers did not say either guy's name or say about anything that was happening in the <laughs> ring until over three minutes into the match. They just <laughs> talked about Sting and the NWO, NWO. and Nitro. <laughs> Over halfway into the match before they ever mentioned either guy's name or called a move, which I was like, I honestly thought they were going to go through the whole match without ever talking about it. I was, um, it was crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Did you know that he would often try to work the word shoe into his promos, which most notably spawned his catchphrase, there's no business like shoe business, baby. <laughs> that doesn't even go. That doesn't go. It's no business uh, like shoe business. Oh, he should have had his valet be Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth oh, Shue. This... Dude. <laughs> I loved Elizabeth Shue back You did. Then. She was beautiful. Yeah. Big Dude. Shoe fan. <laughs> That's been great. Horseshoe and Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> Only in his dreams. <laughs> well, I do remember this. Dude, yeah. what a bad promo. I wonder why that never took off. Right? That might be our next shirt. No business That's like almost, shoe business. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> Christian's bad slogan. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember this, though. The Wikipedia reminded me of that. His first appearance in WCW was back in March 97 on an episode of Nitro that I was actually live in attendance for in Atlanta, Georgia, where Roddy Piper was getting ready to face the... NWO at Uncensored 1997, and he was trying to recruit a team of people for this weird, it was like Team, team, Piper, team yeah. Piper, Team WCW, and team, uh, team NWO, and this is a pretty infamous segment where he does tryouts with some yeah. random no-name people for 30 minutes in the episode of Nitro that I was in the crowd for, and a lot of people think that was Goldberg's first appearance, because one of the guys was bald, but like... This was like really pre pre WWE. Goldberg didn't so come out till September. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't go back and research that stuff as well. So that was like one of the rumors people didn't remember, but not Goldberg. But Horseshoe was one of those guys, and thankfully mm. I got to be there for that wonderful, wonderful time. That may be the greatest thing that we've covered is that you were there for the day the Monday Nitro debut of Luther Ray. Yeah, man, you got to see Goldberg win the title in the dome. <laughs> I can't see Horseshoe get choked out by Roddy Piper. I can't think seconds. of a wider spectrum than that. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, man. Well, did you know, Travis, that he did before, you know, on his way to making it to WWE, he competed in UPW, which is where, I believe, John Cena made his mark and debuted. Joe. And then went on to Ohio Valley Wrestling, where he went by the name of, I'm not making this up. Inspector Max Impact. That sounds like one of those um, like Hollywood stars' name, like kids' names. It does. <laughs> Celebrity name. name. <laughs> Inspector Sunday Impact. Name uh, Inspector Max Impact. No, 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 no. Inspector <laughs> Impact. Dude, he could come back in TNA right now. Inspector Impact. Inspector Impact. <laughs> That's like Isaac Yankum bad, dude. Yeah, somehow it's not worse than Horseshoe, though. That's true. Man, who else has had, like, two really suck names like that? And Well, Luther Reigns kind of sucks, too. It kind of does. kind of blows. So, wow. Inspector Max Impact. <laughs> if that doesn't scream WCR Saturday Night, I don't know what does. It does, dude. And somehow he made it to the big show, to WWE for No Way Out 2005 uh, from the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Man, he got, this was his big chance, his night to shine. You know, if you're a muscle-bound freak, Vince McMahon's going give to you, give you a chance with The Undertaker. Sure. He's going to give you a chance to dance with the dead man and see what you have to offer. And we're, we're going to find out, man, if Luther Reigns could pass that test. And you can probably guess it by the fact that you probably don't remember who he is. <laughs> Whether he right. passed or failed that one. 
Well, again, as we know from Taker's history, we covered back in 2001, if you're a muscle-bound man, I'm not your face in the sand, so <laughs> you know what's coming here. You can so, tell. Yeah, yeah. February 20th from 05, like you said. Um, I, I do remember being my interest being peaked for this main event. Not because of who's in it, right. but because of the barbed wire. I mean, it's Big Show and JBL and a barbed wire steel cage match. Which I mean, if you're going to have a three week build to a pay per view, you got to do something. You know, it's a speed. This is a huge speed bump on the way to WrestleMania. Huge. You know, it's going to give a flat of- tire. It's going <laughs> to damage the frame of your car. <laughs> yeah, coming off of a huge, you know, Royal Rumble, like really, you know, pushing of the new stars. The last two guys in there were Cena and. Batista, you know, it's just really good stuff. And then going on to Mania at Hollywood, it's big stuff. But like, you got this turd in the way, like in there. And um, seriously, I do remember- can, we, can we go through this show real quick? Like, I think we oh. went through which one was was really bad. Was it Great American Bash Great American or Bash. Judgment we Day? We talked about that. Yeah, Great American Bash. Dude, this one gives it a Let's run it. for its money, man. Uh, you got tag team match opening the show Charlie Haas and Hardcore Holly versus mm. Kenzo Suzuki and Renee Dupree hot oh good heavens Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero if you'll remember last year main evented No Way Out winning the WWE Championship now he's facing the Basham mm-hmm. Brothers for the tag team titles again just yep. absolute waste of talent right here our friend Ooh, two tag matches in a row. Yep, two tag matches in a row. Our friend Heidenreich against Booker T. This is where Heidenreich's about to turn babyface, I think, isn't mm-hmm. it? He's shooting Booker T against going to turn face. Booker T turns in face. <laughs> Chavo Guerrero, oh. Funaki, Akio, Paul London, Shannon Moore, and Spike Dudley. Probably your match of the night right there. So just the only cruiserweights on the show all in one match yeah. together. <laughs> You got Taker and Luther Reigns, which we're going to get to, is uh, is rough. Cena and Angle, which, again, that was probably good. I, I, I didn't yeah. watch it back. but That was the finals decent. for the tournament, the number one contender tournament. So. And then your main event, JBL and The Big Show in a barbed wire steel cage match, which mm. is not as cool of a stipulation as it sounds. It no. is a painful, painful match to watch back. And... Not to mention, throughout the night, we got these long, awful, awful diva competition segments. Yeah. It's like Michelle and Don Marie are like getting into it, aren't they, during this night? It's like a contest for the Diva Search also rans, like a bikini contest and a talent show and Man, I, I joke about enjoying the divas on this show, but this was this was death on TV, man. This was people who had no business being on TV. Right, Getting exactly. pay-per-view time. I felt yeah. for this crowd. It's awful, man. Luckily, I mean, Pittsburgh is usually a pretty good crowd, but um, I hope these tickets were cheap this night, man. I mean, And again, that's why they had to put the barbed wire stipulation on it, just to give you something to like, oh, maybe somebody's going to – bleed or like get cut open you know very roman coliseum uh yeah <laughs> uh, type of thought process there but still i mean because seriously if it was just a regular old cage match you'd be like eh, snooze like who wants to watch that but it's like oh we're gonna add barbed wire but you think of that you think it's gonna be somebody like not these two in the main event with right. barbed wire you know they're neither one of them are known for their hardcore you know, stuff but anyway i do remember my interest being peaked and i do remember reading the results that night and it was just like it eh. I'll see you later. So 
not gonna worry about it. And um, I don't, I just, I do, I don't recall this pay per view and this build up very much. So I do recall next, you know, next month is Mania because it's, you know, just it's Mania season. But um, right. I don't recall much of this. But now, anyway, the Undertaker himself probably doesn't recall much of it mm. <laughs> if we were to ever talk to him about it here. Yeah. But Luther Reigns, man, it's the peak of his career right here. Is one moment yeah. in the sun. And he's going to come out. Like we said, this is going to go on third from the top here. So pretty decent spot on the card for the dead man. And he comes out with Mark Jindrak, who takes a page out of Heidenreich. Uh, seconds, Heidenreich or seconds Luther Reigns to the ring in his full gear for this Oh, match. yeah. Just and, in case. Oh, yeah. He gets dressed up in his full gear only to do an entrance with Luther Reigns because he gets kicked out of the match before the match even starts. <laughs> Yeah, the referee kicks him out. <laughs> Brian Ebner kicks him out before the match even begins. And so, yeah, you're right. He got all oiled up and in his underwear <laughs> needs to come out to walk back out. So um, that's got to be a rib, man. Oh, like, yeah. That's got to be a joke. So, oh, it's crazy, man. Well, I, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I don't even know what to do from there. But it's a pretty cool-looking set here. Um, it's, you know, um, got it like, is. you know, the little – still great stuff it's got bar bar on it and i really do like it but um all of a sudden uh well so sorry takers music hits as we get to replay from smackdown because basically this pay-per-view is a two and a half hour episode of smackdown that's all it is really you know, it's it just is. so we're getting replays from smackdown and uh taker stands in the the, the middle of the the set kind of up on the top of the the aisleway there and all of a sudden there's just this huge explosion and these torches light up in flames and again, just can't put over how he gets this extra, you know, little push of production each and every time, it seems like. So I really do like uh, that touch on his entrance here. But the, meanwhile, we get a camera shot of Luther Reigns, who's like shadow boxing, like he's Johnny Cage or something in the ring. So getting ready for a fight in the octagon, as old uh, Reese Davis would say. So. <laughs> Well, he is not intimidated by The Undertaker, as the announcers keep putting over, because of the five years he spent in prison and how he was shot and stabbed and left for dead and and fell off a, fell off a cliff. And, and like, he's, like the, he's like the wild guy, would he? Throat slit, 23 hours a day in solitary confinement. And we have no idea why he was ever in prison. That is never yeah. mentioned. I can't no. find any record of it on the entire World Wide Web, Travis. No. I have... No clue. I looked too to see if it was a shoot or not. Like, is this a part of his backstory that's real that they're going to bring up or not? But I can't find that him ever being in prison. But again, why not bring it up? Say that he, I don't know, killed a guy out of self defense or something, even, you know, like something. Probably unpaid parking tickets or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. But I'll tell you what, man, something I noticed here. Yeah, you brought up Taker's awesome entrance, and I do mm-hmm. love that. I love it, it, really works for all these cool. When they had different sets for the pay-per-views, they always did cool stuff with with Taker's entrance in there. So that's been a neat thing to go back and look. But something we've seen as we've gone back through all these old shows and old pay-per-views is the amount of signs in the crowd. And how there's always signs for Undertaker matches. And even with Heidenreich, man. I posted Mm -hmm. some on Instagram at Talking Taker. There were some great ones last week. And that's not only a sign of how over Taker was, but you could tell... If his opponent was over mm-hmm. by yeah. how many signs, how many people would make a sign, want to see Taker bury that guy. And, and we gave Heinrich a lot of crap, well-deserved, but 
at least he had a very defined character. He was sure. memorable. He got promo time and people went to all the trouble to make those signs. Saying, Heidenreich, rest in peace. This is your doomsday, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, one of them was a plant from that one episode. Smackdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the company thought enough for him to give him his own yeah. plant sign. Sure. <laughs> you do not see one Undertaker sign in the crowd for this match. And maybe it's just the cameraman not being able to find them. Or, you know, you take that for what it is, but they don't zoom in on any for this match. And I think that just goes to show you what an absolute flop Luther Reigns is because mm-hmm. people just don't care enough. This match matters so little. There's no hype for it. They're not going to go no to the stakes. trouble. No. And, and I think that yeah. points to it, man. There's nothing at stake. It's just a match. Yeah, basically a cold match. It doesn't mean anything. There's nothing. I mean, literally the storyline is I'm not intimidated by you. That's it. Which nowadays that'd be a storyline, but back then they usually had some some more meat on the bone. But um, yeah, man, that's a great point you made there about not seeing any signs, man. Because usually it's signs, signs everywhere, signs, you exactly, know, like five man. minute electric band style. So uh, <laughs> we don't get that here. So um, yeah, it's definitely a, a unique uh, unique one here. I think the fans know that uh, this match sucks. Might as well start chanting that the whole time. But anyway, we're um. On to the match here. We're going to uh, get Taker getting into the ring, and Reigns is making mean faces at him. And uh, basically, the bell rings, and um, we're off to the races because Luther's going to come and try to draw first blood here, trying to punch Taker. So um, I guess I'll give him credit for taking the offensive first. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. They throw hands immediately. And- uh, Taker backs Reigns into the corner and intimidates Brian Hebner, as usual. Check classic. that off your, uh, your bingo. Check it off the bingo card. Your Bagley bingo. <laughs> Taker knocks him down with a big boot, goes for a quick cover. You can check that one off your bingo, too. Taker <laughs> trying to win the match right off the bat. And then a few more. Hits old school quickly, and then the old PTO. Incorrectly called a DDT by Michael Cole for oh, a two count here. Thank you. I didn't call him out in my notes here, but you're right. It drove me crazy, man. Like, oh, it's not a DDT. But, um, yeah, he said PTO. But I got to talk about this old school that he hits, man. And Tell by me hits, I mean he didn't hit it. Taker <laughs> misses by, like, four feet because I don't know if Reigns was just, like, scared or what. Or he was out of position or what. But, man, this dude, I mean, my six-year-old – is more snug wrestling me <laughs> than this guy is, man. Like it was terrible, man. And that's not the first like weak looking thing and missed shot. And you know it's not Taker's fault. He's been doing it for twenty years at this point, so it's not his fault. Um, He's not the last bad. one either. No, but um, Taker's going to goozle Reigns in the middle of the ring and intimidate Brian Hebner again. As uh, he goes flying Reign- out of the ring on that one. Yeah, he does. And at during this time, uh, Luther Reigns is going to go over and expose the steel turnbuckle in one of the corners. You know, mm-hmm. which is that's standard heel operations. You know, so you know, I guess okay. Give <laughs> <laughs> him something there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tries to send Undertaker into it, but Undertaker blocks it and then starts working over Reigns in the corner. Reigns comes out charging at him and and uh, gets a two count on him actually. And Cole lets us know that 
Undertaker, he, he might be a little woozy here because of that camera shot from SmackDown because he's not the type to go ever go to a medical facility. So he's still probably selling that camera shot that Reigns gave him. You know, I'm not the type to go to a medical facility either. You know where I do go, though? Where's that? A hospital. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to work at some. I've never worked at a medical facility. That <laughs> makes more sense. I've worked at three hospitals in my life or two. <laughs> so, yeah, never a medical facility. But. Anyway, yeah, so they're trying to put over that he's still kind of, you know, not 100% from that um, camera shot. But Taker's going to reverse the Irish whip and send Luther Reigns into the unpadded turnbuckle, the exposed turnbuckle. And he's going to position Luther there for some patented apron offense, you know, the, oh, the yeah. elbows and the leg drop. So. Vintage dead man. Yeah. And uh, I do like Taz's comment when Taker rips – Whip, excuse me, whips range in that turnbuckle. Uh, Taz is like, top of the spine, driven into that uh, unpadded uh, steel ring. Top of his spine, he being Luther Reigns, driven to that un- 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 unpadded steel uh, ring. ring. <laughs> it's like, he's Pretty sure dying. Taz he's grasping used to something. wrestle. <laughs> Does <laughs> not understand. Not These only things. did he used to wrestle, he was unstoppable. <laughs> ECW. <laughs> he was the Steve Austin of ECW. You know, um, ah, man. Anyway, but yeah, he's he's like grasping at anything to try to tell a story here in this match. Well, Taker and Luther uh, are grasping at it too here because they go back into the ring after mm. Taker hits the apron offense and. This is a very awkward spot as Luther and Taker go into the corner. And Luther's like trying to beg off Taker. He backs himself into the corner. And it's hard to describe what happens here because it's so sloppy. But Undertaker starts to choke him. And then Undertaker starts to choke Brian Hebner at the same time. Or like grab him and hold him there. And he's like holding Hebner away so that Reigns can do a Death Valley blow. Right. Taker while the ref is distracted or not seeing this, but whatever they're going for, it just it looks sloppy and awkward and weird. And uh, but it allows Reigns to send Taker into the turnbuckle, and uh, I guess it sent the crowd to the bathroom or the merch stand because <laughs> they are dead quiet during this match. Man, it's you can hear a pin drop, which is or, or horseshoe drop or something, man, because that is that's very rare for an Undertaker that's match. <laughs> Oh, you can hear a horseshoe drop. That's great. <laughs> I'd like to see horseshoe get dropped and this match be over. But yeah, me too. Oh yeah. Well, then he's gonna slam. He being Reigns gonna slam Taker's head into the exposed steel there, and Reigns takes Taker to the outside and slams his head against the steps. So again, they're trying to tell that story of Taker's head being, you know, kind of phased from that camera shot, but it's not really working. But anyway. Back in the ring, uh, Reigns going to whip Taker back and forth across the turnbuckles just from side to side, and then hits a vertical suplex for the first wrestling, his first wrestling move of the of the night. So, and dude, you talk about his first wrestling move there. His wrestling, it, it looks like it comes straight off WCW Saturday Night, man. Mm-hmm. If you're old enough to remember that and watching it during those days, it's so generic, it's so basic, it's so blah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's tough to watch, man. Uh, he does end up taking a page out of Undertaker's book and locks on a single leg crab. I think we saw Undertaker bust out last month yeah. as well, and kind of 
does puts his own little touch on it. And he, he's trying to put his boot on Taker's head, one one foot on his head, give it a little extra oomph, I guess, as he's doing it. Uh, but then he weirdly turns Taker over back onto his back and turns it into a, a pinfall spot as he's holding the leg there and the ref is counting and Undertaker's having to get his shoulder up. And again, you could just hear, you could hear a horseshoe drop from the ceiling on this crowd. They don't get it. It's so, it looks dumb. It's just, it's bad. Very, very bad. Yeah, it's not good. I just wrote in my notes at this point, like, this is so stupid. Like, it's it's bad. And I hate that Taker gets, keeps getting fed these green guys, man. It just sucks. He's trying to carry these guys to a good match, but they're just not ready for, I mean, you're only going to get better by wrestling guys that are better than you. Yeah. But they should do this match on every house show loop for like six months before they come out here and do it. You know, like, I don't know, man. But then Taker's going to punch out with some flurry punches to the body of Reigns and kind of get the crowd a little bit into it and hit an uppercut and a clothesline and going to go into classic Taker Irish whipping. And uh, he winds up hitting uh, Luther Reigns with a boot. And then he's going to Irish whip him again. And then Luther Reigns is going to hit Taker with something that, like I said, plants the seeds for the future. The Reigns family special, dude. You could tell Uncle Luther taught it to Roman because he comes <laughs> running out and hits a spear. Luther <laughs> Reigns with the spear <laughs> on the dead man. It runs in the family, dude. I pop for that. Not because Me it was too. good, but because of what... <laughs> It, you know, like looking forward to the future, like, dude, you can't believe me. Twelve I mean, I, years you can't in the believe making. me. You can't. You could have told me that he did a spear first. Like, <laughs> I would not have believed you. So, well, it only gets two though. Uh, Luther not as powerful as his nephew Roman. Only gonna get a two count there. And uh, Reigns hits an elbow drop, goes for a cover again, goes for that roll of the dice that we saw. I he, thought he was going for taking care of business, man. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been better off with that, but Taker ends up maybe that maybe that's why Taker knew it because he uh, fights out of it, and then uh, then these guys just start punching and kicking each other, and you can tell Taker's just trying to call it on the fly and work Ooh. something out, and it just kind of falls apart here. Yeah, and these punches, you could put a stack of um, like you could put a stack of horseshoes. Yeah, stack of horseshoes in between his fist and Taker's head. Like, there's so much air in between them. It's so bad. But anyway, Taker's going to wind up hitting a running dive and clothesline and heating up things with a clothesline in the corner. And then he's going to go for his signature, like, snake eye spot, but he does it in the corner where the turnbuckle is exposed. And I think he it kind of clicks as he's about to do it. And so he winds up dropping him on the top rope instead. So I guess to not get DQ'd, you know, maybe he was tell him that story i don't know but he does that and drops him on top rope kind of like in a stun gun you know almost big boot leg drop goes for the cover and they only gets two so and i think part of that what you just said too with the snake eyes i think luther was gassed man because it looked to me mm, like oh he yeah barely get up for it and let me tell you just kind of had to drop him on the top rope instead and Reigns, he barely kicks out of uh, the pinfall that he's supposed to kick out of too he just looks like mm-hmm. he's out of it and Taker looks like he's done with it, man. He signals for the choke slam. Just looks like he wants to be anywhere else in the world, but in the middle of this match, and and the crowd wants this to be over as well because they cheer for that choke slam. And Taz says at this point in the match, uh, this is where people are usually dunsky, and I know I was dunsky. With this <laughs> <He does. one. laughs> 
<laughs> I popped it, Dunsky. I was like, most opponents that take are usually Dunsky. I was like, <laughs> Dunsky, man. Well, it's about to be all Dunsky. Because like you said, choke slam to Reigns, throat slash. Taker goes for a tombstone. Reigns slips out of it. He catches Taker with a reverse DDT, just straight up reverse DDT, not a roll of the dice or whatever, or the, whatever it's called, crossroads. But then Cole calls it a swinging neckbreaker. I just don't even know what match they're watching. Like, he's miscalled DDT twice now. He miscalled an actual one, and he called the PTO one when it wasn't one. So I don't even know what match. Maybe they're not watching it because it's so bad. I don't know. They could have been asleep. So I think Luther Reigns was asleep because he mounts Undertaker for some, I put giant quotations around this, ground and pound. Man, he did not belong in the octagon. He did not belong in a playpen. In a... <laughs> No. Pack and play or whatever, because this is just, his punches were like you wrestling with a five-year-old, man, and you would, like, just play wrestle and, like, lightly tap the guy. Some of the worst punches I have ever seen in my entire life, because he is just completely gassed, dude. He he is (laughs) just awful. Yeah, it's not good, man. It's it's not at all. And he, like I say, he's he probably never wrestled this long, honestly. That's a good uh, point. I don't, you know, bright. It's some matches about to end here because he's going to try another crossroads or whatever it's called, and take reverses it into his own DDT again, and then throat slash tombstone classic pose, and Taker's going to get the big win at eleven minutes and forty five seconds. So matches over just kind of suddenly, you know. Taker's with. You know, just hits his tombstone, and there it is. So, not a lot of drama in that, you know, ending. Taker gets up, puts his hands on his hips, and really doesn't seem pleased with how that match Mm -hmm. came out, having to do it. And Same here, brother. Same here. Uh, You know who was excited? It was a dude in the front row with a fruit-striped gum, like, sweater on, or, Mm. like, jacket man that jacket like it was straight out of fruit stripe gum man. and he's counting with the ref he's the only guy in pittsburgh it's like one two three like he loves to take her just won this match so big fan big he fan was there for it yeah i hope he wasn't a big mark jindrak fan because like i said again he was never heard from again i could have sworn he was going to run out at some point because he yeah freaking was in his gear came out got sent to the back and Never heard from him again. I don't know what the point of any of that was. Or what the point of the match we just saw was. Except to nope. set up for WrestleMania 33. Of course, the uh, the long game. <laughs> there uh, you go. Because Taz on commentary, as Undertaker's posing, doing the Shakespeare pose and all that, Taz says, Oh, no one's going to beat this man unless he's got an S on his chest. Obviously, Ooh. reference to Superman. Superman punch. Roman does a <laughs> Superman punch and... Cole says, yes, the true ownership of the yard has been determined tonight. So Ooh. I think both guys, they're, they're foreshadowing WrestleMania 33, dude. <laughs> Battle over the yard. That's all this was. Very important match. We've been making fun of it, but every match plays a part. I'm telling the Undertaker's story right here. I wish that Bruce Pritchard would entertain like us to explain that to him and he would just go along with it you know in his show I'm like yeah yeah that's exactly what we were thinking about then like yeah, that'd dude. be so funny we cracked the case we got it man we don't need leslie nielsen we got it ourselves so <laughs> well uh my favorite part was undertaker's posing and then they cut straight to the back and the next thing we see is teddy long checking his watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just yeah. exactly what i want to do after that <laughs> 
<laughs> he's just looking at his watch. Uh, yeah, it's so like, just what a like the timing of that was perfect, man. It was. Yeah, because yeah, you know, like I said, Taker moves his straps and walks away, and does the old arm fist raise and gets a pop and. Yep, this match is Dunsky. I'm Dunsky with uh, Luther Reigns, and I'm ready to move on to WrestleMania. So this match happened. I cannot recommend it to anyone. I will not recommend it to anybody that you ever go seek out this pay-per-view in general. Yes. Don't ever do it. Don't ever watch it. Don't watch this match. If you're going to watch if you're going to watch the pay-per-view, just watch the main event. Nope, just no. watch the match after this. I'm sorry. Watch the match <laughs> in between this and the main event. It's seen at an angle. It's pretty good. Don't even bother. They have other matches. That's true. <laughs> Go watch another one of their Forget matches. Forget I talked. Don't ever watch this show. This show never happened. So yeah. go play horseshoes instead. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about Go play tiddlywinks. I don't care. Go play horseshoes. <laughs> oh, uh, go watch horse racing. Yeah. I'll go tell you what, man. Horse. Go put on a horseshoe on a horse. <laughs> It'll be more fun than watching this. I will take Heidenreich any day of the week over this horseshoe horse crap, man. Like, absolutely. <laughs> that match at Royal Rumble last month, ten times as entertaining as this one. Like, I Ooh. mean, that one wasn't even good, but this was just actively boring and bad. Yeah. Nothing funny to it, nothing goofy to it, no awesome cane Mm-mm. popping out of the casket spot. Nope. Just an absolute dud. Man, absolutely horrendous. Uh, I, I honestly, I'd, I'll take Heidenreich every day of the week because at least he has some sort of charisma and, and character, as as dumb as it was. Yeah, um, well, there were legs to those store. I mean, he had the stupid. I mean, we made fun of the poetry and the you know the straight jacket and stuff. But he had Paul Heyman. He had somebody to help him. Luther Reigns has Mark Gentrack helping my fellow power plant <laughs> graduate. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, yeah, you're right, man. I never thought I'd say that, but. Uh, give me hide and or give me death. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd rather Patrick, take death, <laughs> Patrick Henry. So, yeah. Well, oddly enough, man, to go back to that Wikipedia page and tie it all together, apparently, no oh. horseshoe. He he is retired back in two thousand six, but his final match <laughs> right after this, a year after this, yeah, not long after this, he he went to become a real estate salesman, but plans fell through. But his <clears throat> final match allegedly was a tag team match against Aaron oh, Aguilera no. and Scott Norton. Whoa. And his tag team partner was none other than Heidenreich. No. <laughs> How perfect is that? No. No. No, it's not. Full circle, How baby. Is hi- Wait. We could play six degrees of Heidenreich. Heidenreich <laughs> team with Nathan Jones. He did. Yep. So his... My three, our three favorite, our three least favorite opponents, like yeah. in recent memory, the, were Nathan Jones, Heidenreich, and, and Horseshoe, and they're all linked. The unholy trinity, man. <laughs> Holy crap. All tied together. Vince McMahon guys that he loves, and they're just stinkers. Dude, how was his last match as a tag team match player with Heidenreich? Oh. Well, it, That's it, unbelievable. it all worked out for him, though, because uh, after oh, yeah? that, in 2006, he began working as a bodyguard and uh, worked at the uh, Adult Video News Pornography Convention in Las Vegas and then performed security for <sighs> touring rock bands, including Saliva. So everything works out in the end. Wow. Wow. Who is a, another wrestling band song? Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Like create a, create a song 101 for wrestling. 
So, golly, that guy's career went even further downhill. <laughs> I, I almost feel like it went uphill, but <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think I think doing the. Uh, Doing the security for saliva and a security for a pornography convention is it's further down. Well, it's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear your thoughts on that, folks, and we want to hear your thoughts on this match. Could you possibly have any? Please don't go watch oh, it. Man. But, uh, just let us know what you thought about it. We want to hear your memories of Luther Reigns, whatever they may be. And we want you to continue on this journey with us. We cannot leave this in the dust fast enough behind us as we keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. And, dude, we have trudged through the dirt over the past few weeks, Travis. And I'm very thankful to say we can finally take that exit onto that road to WrestleMania 21 next week. And finally... A good match, finally an important match, a legendary match, if you will, as the Undertaker goes Hollywood and takes on Randy Orton next week. Very fun build-up, very important match in the legacy of the streak. Lots of meat on the bone for us to talk about next week, so you guys join us thank you for trudging with us through the darkness over the past few weeks and especially on this episode Uh, we love hearing from you guys out there you can hit us up at talking taker on facebook twitter and instagram and want to give a shout out to at watch along wrestle excuse me at watch wrestle pod i always get the twitter handle yeah buddies at watch along wrestling and we asked for your memories of this one and all caps he said luther reigns fought the undertaker on (laughs) pay-per-view he says well i guess i don't remember anything about this one but excited to relive it with you guys and man i feel like Uh, that has just got to be the standard reaction of everybody here you look at this i was about to say if somebody responded that they have memories of this match i was gonna quit the show (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna be done i'm glad nobody did i'll hand it over to them (laughs) dude yeah, nobody remembers this, so... Oh, man. Well, if you folks, it's bad. If you want to relive some better Taker matches during his career, we've got over 100 of them in the archives. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, YouTube. Go subscribe, leave a comment, Tout. leave a rating, tout it out. Share it, seriously, share it with your friends, your family, your fellow wrestling fans. Help us grow this podcast and keep it going. If you want to support the show, and please, if we if we deserve it any week, it's this one. Go uh, yeah. over to tpublic.com, pick up a t-shirt, a sticker, a mug, anything over there, and help support the show. And show your love to the King of Gong style. Tell him you like to take her easy, and you take her care of business. Get any of those designs over there. They're probably on sale sometime soon. Get you something warm here for this winter season and help support the show in that way. Uh, Go check out the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast as they go through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, another man who showed up on WWE TV this week. He opened up Raw, Undertaker opened up SmackDown in Madison Square Garden, and uh, go listen to that episode, SummerSlam 1998, Undertaker Austin in the Garden, a very fun episode uh, back in the archives. Uh, We had a lot of fun discussing that one, uh, discussing how that match maybe didn't live up to the hype that you remember it, but we had fun talking about it. 
thanks to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, for the quick little shout-out on their episode, answering one of our questions, and sending us an 8x10. Best wishes to those guys, and uh, what up, dude? And uh, Travis, last but not least, we did I did run a poll last week for uh, our controversial split on that Heidenreich match last week, and... Our fans were split just like we were, man, right down the middle, 50-50. Some people said there's just as terrible as you said, and uh, the other half said, eh, not that bad. Well, there you go. He's a polarizing figure, is that Heidenreich? Yeah, he was almost uh, unfrozen Nazi. Very polarizing. Unfrozen caveman lawyer Nazi, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess if we do a poll for this match, uh, we don't even need to because nobody commented they remembered it, so don't even worry about it. If, if we give out a poll for this match, people will drive it to their face because <laughs> they'll, they'll uh, skewer themselves in the poll rather than watch this match. That's right. Um, it's awful. It's awful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you were there in the Mellon Arena, if you were Fruit Stripe Gum Jacket guy, let us know. You know, nowadays we have these iconic guys in the front row and that on, you know, at the shows and stuff. But I want to know what happened to Fruit Stripe Gum Jacket guy. He was awesome. He's the one guy in the Mellon Arena that loved it. So, anyway, if you were there in this road WrestleMania, this turd of a show, um, let us know because we, I would literally love to know what you thought about the ticket you purchased for you or your son or daughter, and you went. And, <laughs> Afterward, you were like, "Can I go to the like box office get a refund?" <laughs> like, is there like a twenty-hour return policy on this or something? Like, man, what an abysmal, abysmal, dark, dark day in SmackDown history this was. So, um, anyway, things could always be worse. If you think things current, current product, and think it's bad, just look back to two thousand four or five and. Remind yourself that things can always be worse. But <laughs> anyway, if you were there, let us know. And other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week for the, uh, WrestleMania. So until then, take her easy. already gone.